welcome to episode 226 of Labs Gamer Radio. I'm your host, Mark Hamer, and joining me tonight, uh, Mr. Nick Case and Mr. Mark Chazzy Ray. Gentlemen, how are you? All good, all good. Better than last week. You sound better than... Well, I didn't actually hear you last week. But I sounded sound like better a gravelly chest coffee mess. Did I you sound even... like Joe Cocker? Oh, it was awful. It was awful. I kind of just well, had to rely on... What would you uh, do if I sang out of tune? Very much like that. He was from Sheffield, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought so. Yeah. So they all sound like that up in Sheffield. This is, wow. Very much so. No, no, I was asking the question, do they? Do, do who? <laughs> I've, never actually, I've never actually been to Sheffield. Well, you've spoken to me enough. You, you're not from Sheffield, though, are you? Yeah. I thought you were from Barnsley. Fucking hell. Why does everyone... Literally, as I was walking out of the office today, I got ribbed for that. <laughs> I, no, I, 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 where I thought you were from. No, I'm from Sheffield. Okay, all right, fair enough. I just you don't sound like Joe Cocker, so that answers my question. Soz. <laughs> Excellent. Um, all right. Uh, this is probably going to be like a relatively short episode. Yeah. Nicholas hasn't played any games. Well, it's going to be short um, now. You've just, you know, insulted me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean. To, I wasn't. I didn't mean to insult you. I genuinely didn't mean to insult you. It's fine. Is, is there like? Oh, I know there is a bit of a right actually because like one of my old school friends is from Barnsley. And one of my uni roommates is from Sheffield. Yeah. And those two used to give each other shit all the time. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. To be fair, like, Sheffield and Barnsley is quite a friendly, bantery, like, rivalry. It's not my too friend bad. from Barnsley called my friend from Sheffield a Didar all the time. Yep. Yeah, we get called and Didars. Claire calls me a Didar all the time. Sheffield. Dingle. My friend from... <laughs> no, my friend from Sheffield's come back to a friend from Barnsley was that Barnsley's got shit roads. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very specific i can't really yeah. tell that like the road situation you could it's all kind of the same council overall really so yeah the roads are pretty much the same if i'm honest <laughs> For, from someone who's like grown up in sheffield now lives in barnsley it's yeah they're basically the same roads i always like that sort of like super specific um you get it in like certain areas of the country Super specific ways that like uh, people will insult people from a town or a city that's actually really close. Yeah. Way, so like the way that like people from Birmingham talk about people from the black country mm. is very funny. <laughs> the um, the town that I'm from um, is apparently historically known for incest. So we were always, you know, we always got shit about having six fingers. Mm-hmm. But I think right. the whole six fingers thing might just be a thing that happens. There's at least one town everywhere someone knows that where people say they've all got yeah. six fingers. Yeah, and like there's the entire county of Norfolk. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Where they? Yeah, that that place is. Yeah. Um, sorry to anyone from Norfolk. It's not sorry to anyone from Norfolk. Yeah, sorry. I don't uh, even know anyone. From sorry, Norfolk, <laughs> sorry, but... Delia Smith. <laughs> Let's be having you. <laughs> Let's be having yeah. Um sorry, Stephen Fry. Uh I don't know if he's actually from Norfolk. Isn't Adam Buxton? No, Alan Partridge. Sorry, uh, sorry, Alan Partridge. Yes, Is that Alan Partridge or Steve Coogan like? I don't know where Steve Coogan's from. Okay. I haven't looked it up. Um anyway. 
Yeah, this is probably going to be like a fairly short episode, as long as not if we keep going off on tangents like this. Because <laughs> uh, Nick hasn't played much, and I don't think Chazzy has because he's not been very well. Yeah, yeah, I've been trying, but yeah, I was not um, not in a fit state to play too much. That's but fair. Played some bits and bobs. I've played a few little bits and bobs as well, and we've got a few little news stories to talk about mm. that we can like have a little chatter about. Um, first of all, hot off the press as of yesterday, a day of recording, is. Right, brouhaha, it's kicking off because um, Arcane, uh, new like co-op vampire shooter, mm. Left 4 Dead-like Redfall, uh, will much. only be launching on console, on, on Xbox Series consoles, at 30 FPS mode. Mm. Uh, and people are not happy about it. Now, rightfully, in my opinion, but um, I don't know, some there's been a lot of anger directed at perhaps the wrong people on the internet. Um, <laughs> we had a little bit of a discussion about it uh, yeah. in our d- discord and like, it's clearly, this is, this is not, this is the games pro- obviously just not ready to be launched at that date, but Microsoft and have pressures and nothing that they've got on the slate. Or anything they haven't else. got a first party. They haven't. When was the last time they released the first party game? I don't. I, that I really can tell you. I can't Halo. remember. Isn't it technically a Halo second Infinite. party game? Well, you know what I mean. Like, uh, when was the last time they they released an exclusive? Um, what's that fucking bug game? <laughs> the bug game. <laughs> Grounded. What's that fucking bug game. Grounded. Grounded. Yeah. Yeah. That's the. Is that? Um, I mean, Halo, obviously, but that's exclusive. Well, has that finally gone 1.0? I don't know. I'm just, you know, just throwing early shit out access there, aren't for I? Ages. Let me have a look on, like, what's recently added? Um, um, yeah. Hi Fi Rush? Uh, no, that wasn't. That's not, that wasn't an exclusive. It wasn't on PlayStation, were it? Because uh, Redfall's coming to PC I, as well. Yeah. Sh- yes, but it's coming to PC via Xbox thingy. Xbox Store. It won't, I don't think it's going to be. It's, it's not on Steam and Epic, is it? Redfall. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it Redfall, is. Okay, sixty pounds. Sixty pounds. Uh, that's the video game price. Um, so I guess Hi-Fi Rush is is the last exclusive they launched. Hi-Fi Rush is mm. out on. Oh yeah, you're right. It's not on PlayStation. Huh? Maybe. Who knew? Me. Um. Okay, but yeah, like, it, but this was like when it, it's been a while since they had one of their big, like, tentpole, um, triple yeah. A exclusive games to drop, and it's and Starfield's a way off. Um, so I guess it's just pressure to get it out the door in whatever state it's in, and the state it is in means that the the sixty frames per second performance mode won't be coming until later in the year. Um, and it's obviously there's a decision being made by Microsoft to push the game out. Purely on the for day Xbox, they said that it would be out. You should say. Purely for Xbox, purely for Xbox, yes. PC will have 60. PC version, as far as we know. Um, but uh, the marketing team have made the choice to show footage running at 60 frames a second whenever the game has been shown off. Mm. Obviously, PC footage, because that's always the one that's going to look best, which I kind of, I always feel a little bit, like I understand where they do it, but if it kind of smacks a little bit. Do you remember when Ubisoft used to put out? I was going to um, say EA used to do it as well, like sort of like yeah. early two thousands. 
the misleading bull shots, bull shots and yeah, the misleading footage. Remember the first Watch Dogs game, the footage they put out for that game, and then when it actually came out, it's like, this looks nothing like what you showed us. <laughs> and it's because they made a bet on how powerful the hardware would be, and they got it horribly wrong. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think, um, I think there's like, this is there's a different a, situation. Yeah, there's a difference between Watchdogs and the one that always sticks out for me is that fucking uh, Killzone Two CGI that trailer. Killzone I Two, remember. yeah, Killzone yeah, two, the one where they're on the, sk- the like the skiff. Yeah. yeah. Did um, they? Yeah, because I think they thought that the PlayStation Three was going to be way more powerful than it was. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know if and they the PlayStation Three was powerful. They just, for the they time. just literally like. Said, wasn't that hey, one? Let's make a mini movie as if it's a game and sell it. Wasn't as a that game. Let's make a completely they... pre-rendered cutscene and then yeah. tell people that it's gameplay. Yep. I thought I thought that was the one where they literally said, "Oh, this is running off a PC," and it actually turned out it was they were just literally running an MPEG. There was something like that. There was one. There was one like that, and I swear it was. The uh, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure either. But um, but yeah, I think there's a difference between like the Watchdogs one where they had a vertical slice running on some mega beast machine, um that was not representative of a really gameplay or yeah. b um graphic power because they just didn't know what the X- ps4 and xbox x now xbox one were going to be whereas yeah. this is very much like um the game looks like this mm-hmm. it just we haven't optimized it we well enough yet. yet we haven't optimized it well enough yet for it to run at 60 no. on all of all of these devices Sure. So I think, you know, it, it's not as... I wouldn't say it's as bad as the Ubisoft one. Like, if you really care about no, 60 no, no. FPS... No, no, it's not. If you really care about 60 FPS, wait for three months. Mm. Yeah. yeah. If you it's don't... Is that, how long, is that how long they said it would be? Three months? Well, I'm just, you know, I'm just putting a ballpark number. Oh, right. Okay. I thought months. they might have said... Wait for three, six months, whatever it is, for the patch mm-hmm. to come out. Um, and then play it then. But I guarantee mm. most people won't really care. People will still play it. Yeah, I mean, what the one mm. thing about games like that is, normally they have a they 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 have a long tail. Like they'll get a bit of buzz and they'll disappear, and then the new one will come through, and then suddenly, you know, everyone will, it, it'll get a, like a second launch, it'll get like a soft second launch, run it once the sixty FPS patch comes in. I mean, you look at something like um, Cyberpunk, you know, that was absolutely awful at the start, and it, it all disappeared, and then it came round with the big patch, and a load of people jumped in on it. Mm. And then, you know, word of mouth and blah, blah, blah. And it didn't do Game Busters, but, you know, if this is a good enough game, it, it'll get that word of mouth and people will start jumping back in again. This I'm looking at this this um, piece by Ethan Gatch on uh, Kotaku, which has done a pretty good job of, like, compounding the arguments and the sentiments that people have been making online as to why this news story has, like, ruffled as many feathers as it has. Mm. Um and they said, like, at his first, there's a lot to break down here. First, Redfall is an immersive sim action game about fighting vampires in a creepy New England town with up to three friends in online multiplayer. There's lots of guns and lots of killing. Two things often made much better at 60 frames per second. Second, higher frame rate modes have been one of the few big next-gen perks for a new console cycle that otherwise hasn't felt spectacularly different from the last. Mm-hmm. Um, there were big talking points during the Xbox Series X uh, slash S and PS5 launches and have become a default in blockbuster first-party games from Halo Infinite to God of War Ragnarok. But finally, Redfall is Microsoft's first new-gen console exclusive in a while. 2022 was an especially anemic year for the tech giant's first-party lineup. 
There were some spectacular games like Obsidian's Pentiment, but not much that helped show off why hardcore fans had recently shelled out $500 for a new console. Redfall marks the end of that drought and is the first game raised to the new $70 price point, making the absence of 60 frames per second performance mode at launch all the more noticeable. So it's just like a kind of like a compounding. I've mm. seen a lot of people. I haven't really noticed this too much because um, I've played a, a little bit of PS the PS5. Like... And the games that I've played on there have been like, oh, this is really neat, but it's just like it's just it just looks better. Mm. Um, and my the other console, the other next gen console I've got is an Xbox Series S, which is on a par with an Xbox One X, yeah, essentially a with faster, a faster hard drive, yeah. uh, maybe a little <clears throat> bit more powerful in some ways, a bit a little bit less powerful than others. Um, and I just use it as an indie box mainly. Uh, but like a lot of people who are not PC gamers who bought you know next gen consoles are like when does the next gen arrive hmm. we had this to a lesser extent um but still to a certain amount at the beginning of the last generation and it feels like it's that you, you see those those uh, like side by side images and it's like um every time you double the number of pixels in an image as it goes down it becomes less and less and less noticeable you have to find more interesting ways or you have to find different ways to make the games feel yeah. like the console is more powerful. And one of the ways you can do that is making it run faster. So last gen, everything ran at 30 pretty much. This gen, you'd expect everything to run at 60. So it feels like maybe that should have been a priority. But but I mean, I that's don't, disregarding... I don't know about I mean, how, this the, is, how this game's been developed. It's a resolution issue, isn't it, really? Like, you're, you're but this, you can push 4K or you can push 60 but you can't do both without having something yeah. like a 3080 or a, you know, and these machines just don't have that graphic hardware in them. So Yeah, and I, I guess I could feel like right? if they said that um, our game is going to be launching at 60 frames a second, 1440p, mm. people would have kicked off and said, why is this next-gen game not running at 4K? This is it, basically. So it's like, 4K, damned if you do, like, damned if you don't. This is it, right? Yeah. You know, so it's it's just that thing that you've you've got hardware now that's sl- slightly under, like underpowered graphically, which then just causes all kinds of issues. And then you get into this thing, so then they have to come out with the pro models, and then oh dear, like you've got you got to pay another five hundred quid. What a shame! But the problem with that, Do you reckon is, that's going to happen again this this generation? The problem we'll, with we'll it get is, like half steps again. Well, this is it. I, I think they will, but the problem I think is is that. Because they had such bad launches because of the pandemic and the chip shortage that mm-hmm. they can't go there and they they want to. It didn't stop fucking Nvidia, did it? No, exactly. But I think they've looked at that and gone like people have just started inve- like investing in these machines. Like we can't, you know, we can't go again with another set straight away because you know people are only just picking up PS fives. Like the shortages of by and large sort of um, stop now so yeah it's going to be a weird one I think uh, that we're going to be in this weird situation where they're desperate to get the, the new hardware out there but they can't because it's such a bad PR move for them but I mean if we mm. if we go back a bit for, for to what we were saying about like sort of res and, and mm. FPS what you're forgetting as well is we, this isn't just really the generation of 4k it's the generation of ray tracing 
mm. and that comes at a cost and it comes at an optimization cost as well so yeah. it costs a lot more to optimize ray tracing which is you know now quite a big thing of games and redfall does have ray tracing yeah if i think if you asked anyone they would rather have 4k 60 than ray tracing at you know whatever resolution at 30 you know i mean i've had that option on was it watchdogs legion and i've just straight over just put it into performance mode 4k you know or whatever it is mm. resolution but then if frame. it if it doesn't it's 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 one of those things isn't it of you know if it doesn't launch with it people are like oh rising like ray tracing it's literally game developers these days cannot yeah. fucking win there will always that's be that's something for consumers to whinge at whether mm. it's the <clears> resolution <throat> the frame rate frame drops no ray tracing it's crap graphics it's you know literally the, the, these, we've got these consoles so, can't manage all of they've them, got so right? powerful now that literally people are going to pick any bone that they can at mm. anything yeah but they're, they're not they are very powerful but they're not quite powerful enough so like um but that's like, always been uh, ray tracing <laughs> on console is only available in like forza horizon when you're in the Replay. what do they call it auto vista mode or whatever it is yeah. where you're like you're looking at the car the that's the only time that ray tracing yeah yeah it's the only time that ray tracing is in oh yeah and in photo mode it puts ray yeah. tracing in yeah um but it's not in like native gameplay whereas it is on on pc um but <laughs> Do they have uh, DLSS on consoles? I wouldn't have thought or so. Or DLSS is NVIDIA. Mm. Or the, um, what's the AMD one? H something. Yeah. I wonder if they have that. Fidelity uh, FX. Yeah. FSR. Um, FSR, that's it. Xbox consoles on receive FSR 2.0 support, include the Series X and S, as well as the previous Xbox One console. So yes, they do. So it feels like that's a way to get around the um, frame rate issue whilst also outputting like 4K graphics. Yeah. Right? But like you say, teams have got to get up to speed on that. And like you say, this is probably where that that delay comes in is that, you know, they've got like they're optimizing for that and trying to pare things down to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so according to I'm um, just random forum here, but apparently Redfall uh, and Starfield both you will use AMD FSR two on launch. Mm. Okay, so yeah, it'd be um, it'd be interesting to see how how quickly they can, how how quick how big the gap is between, you know, Redfall releasing and then Redfall getting a, you know, getting the the speed update as it were. I've got to say. It's kind of refreshing to see a developer come out and just say, like, this is the state the game will launch in. Mm. Did you imagine Bethesda be doing that? Yeah. Bethesda wouldn't ever say, like, oh, the game is going to be launching, our game is going to be launching, missing these features. It'll just be an unpleasant surprise for people on day one <laughs> uh, when they boot the game up and find that that new Vegas. a bunch of shit. Yeah. yeah. Um. There's a bunch of other news stories, most of which I don't really care about. The only other, like, really... Uh, the only big news story... I say only other big news story, because that's not a big <laughs> news story. It's just a thing. But the only big news story that has um, occurred over the last few weeks is the fact that E3 2023 is cancelled. Um, and we don't mean it's been a bit racist. <laughs> no, not that we know. <laughs> it hasn't had to go emotionally uh, get on YouTube and... Uh, is E3 racist? <laughs> 
Um, there's an interesting article. I'm not going to go through all of it now, but it's well worth reading on uh, gamesindustry.biz. Um, where uh, the ESA, um, uh, so the ESA's president and CEO uh, responds to a bunch of questions about the cancellation of, of um, E3. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's kind of weird. It's kind of a weird interview. Like It's, it's, it's a really so- hard proposition from their point of view, isn't it? Well, right. to, to start off with, at the very beginning of the article, it says, Disclaimer, Games Industry Biz was partnered with E3N parent company. Readpop was organizing this year's event. So, hmm. it's, not the, it's not the most hardball of interviews, <laughs> shall we say. Right. Um, but also, it comes across as like, hey, we kind of like, I don't know what happened. Uh, like, uh, you know, um, market forces, blah, 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 blah. We were having, we were having like uh, really good conversations with uh, people early on, and uh, I don't know what happened. Um, uh, we were off to a strong start there was interest amongst exhibitors industry players media and certainly the fans and it's like was, was there really I mean sure there probably would have been interest amongst fans because like people were people were interested to go to E3 because there's always going to be enough people who are interested to go three, but to go to E3 and I'm sure there was amongst go. like some exhibitors but like when you've got none of the platform holders having any interest in going yeah I mean everyone's going to um, say yeah we're interested come and have a chat with us We'll keep the door open. Like, come on, tell us what you're going to do for us. And then yeah. when that proposition is just, we're going to do what we were going to do, like for the last God knows how long, and you're going to pay through the nose for it, they're obviously mm-hmm. going to go, nah, you're all right. We're um, we're big enough now that we can do our own yeah. stuff. And, you know, we don't <laughs> Microsoft's need like, to carry we own and- our own, we own our own theater next yeah. door. We can just do our own thing here. Sony hasn't cared about getting involved in any of this stuff for a while. Um, Nintendo have been oh. doing the good, doing the direct model for ages, and then like EA don't care about doing it, Activision don't care about doing it, Ubisoft don't care about doing it anymore. And it's like, well, who's left? Everyone's the problem is right. Is that the ESA was like it, and E three all started up because no one could like gaming wasn't that big. Well, it was big enough, but it was only for like kids in their bedrooms. And it had a perception problem. And they came along and sort of said, look, we can make a big razzmatazz deal of everything, get loads of eyes on you and your games in this big space, and like it's a great marketing opportunity. And back in the well, it was, was it's a great idea, right? Yeah, as, as what it was what it was originally like I used to like say what it was originally for, it's the same sort of thing that like um the compute the consumer electronics show and stuff yeah. like that was for. And it's like getting retailers to come and check out your products to see if they will stock them. Yeah, and the problem is now... It's like, oh, let's see if we can get... Let's get the the, the, the representatives for, like, GameStop and Target and whatnot to see if they want to stock these particular video games in their store. Um, yeah, and that doesn't... That, that, that retail experience doesn't exist anymore. And everyone's no. taken it onto their own storefronts. But, then it was, but there was also that, like, window of, like, I don't know, for, like, 10 years or so maybe a bit more where um, there was a lot of coverage of video games on the internet, but it was a lot more niche. This was like, you know, before streamers and influencers and stuff like that, where a lot of like that power was held by, you know, IGN, Mm. uh, GameSpot, Giant Bomb, Polygon, people like this, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And um, Nick's playing Hades. (laughs) 
<laughs> and um, <laughs> uh, but at some point though, that the, there was a tipping point at which mm. games became came out of a niche corner and became a lot more mainstream, and the developers and publishers became a lot more powerful and more in control of their own destinies. I think it's yeah, and they Sorry said, like, we don't and need that, And, and this is E3. just an evolution, right? And that's why we don't need E3 anymore. It's yeah. very much related to the evolution of the internet as well. Like, can exactly. you imagine how yeah. much it would have cost Microsoft and Sony to do all of that on their own mm. in sort of 2004, 2006? It's, it's unthinkable. So you have this yeah. thing where basically... Streaming has become so easy and mainstream. Yeah. And it's because basically what's happened is, is naturally it's evolved away from needing the big razzmatazz show, but people still want the big razzmatazz show in some way, shape or form because they enjoy it and they like it. And it's part of the culture. No, it has been for, you know, over probably nearly two decades. So it's that weird thing of, I want a big razzmatazz show, but no one wants to do it because it's financially doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So everyone does their own individual thing and it all becomes sort of slightly more homogenized and broken up across different various months and, and it just doesn't work. You know, mm. but it works for the publishers and the and the, and the, and the you know the, the Xboxes and the Playstations of this world because they yeah. get to not spend quarter of a million pound on a booth when they could spend quarter of a million pound on the marketing budget for all of their games. It makes total sense. Also, the ESA... The ESA let the enemy into the into mm. like em- let the enemy into their own gates. Um, yeah, this is a tortured analogy, but whatever. Is there a Trojan um, horse analogy? When in they yeah yes, they let a Trojan horse in when they started letting Jeff Keighley do the like the gaming coliseum thing. Yeah, yeah, but um, had too much power, from the E three floor, and then yeah, he just accumulated more and more influence and power during the COVID years when E three was not happening for you know sensible reasons because there was a pandemic on um and then last year it's like still kind of coming out of the pandemic so i can understand why e3 is not happening and then it's too late jeff Keighley's thing is now too big and it's too powerful and there probably is there probably still is room for a um consumer video game convention thing in la right and they can call it E3 for the prestige, but it's not going to be E3 anymore. It'll be no. like PAX. Yeah. Yeah. It's PAX and EGX, isn't it? They might just go to yeah. localized yeah. things. See, the problem yeah. I have with any of this, like if you look at it, is like I know from my point of view, whenever I've looked at stuff like this, is that how do, the only way you can make a show like that interesting is if you give people access to games and stuff before anyone else so people can make their content and and you know look look like they're in on the inside you know and um the publishers are very loath to do that and it, it, if you're not doing that and you're wheeling out the you know the next fifa off the production line you know it's people are just gonna go well this is the same old same old you know mm-hmm. i'm getting to see this same old thing that we've got to see in you know, whatever event three months ago or six months ago, and it it, it just it, it's just pointless. It's it, you know, fine people get to see the game, people get to queue up and stuff, and they're going to be excited. But you look at anything, you you look at Eurogamer, look at PAX, 
you look at um, E3, you know, there, there's not much there that is exciting because it's all known quantities. The only good thing with PAX is, is that they put so much more about the culture behind that there's you know their event you have dungeons and dragons you have like these other things and panels and god knows what else and i think that you know e3 is not doing that and can't do that because of what people expect from it so mm. it's, it's a really weird one it just needs to kind of for me personally i think it just needs to die and go away and something needs to fill that void eventually and and you know some someone will find well, some way of like you say keely will do it or jeff keely's already filled that void yeah this is it right you want your big e3 show but instead of it being like five different showcases uh you have a summer one and you have a winter a one with awards like the, the like yep. the oscars and mm-hmm. job done and you get the spectacle yep. and you get you know the guy from deep space nine or whatever it is waffling on for two hours on his acceptance speech and being played off you know, yeah, good. Microsoft will still do their showcase from, the, from their their own theater that they own. Yeah, you know, um, Apple will be doing it soon. Hmm. Sure, yeah, from their own uh, theater that they own. Yeah, well, they've owned their own theater for ages. Mm. Oh yeah, it's where they do their um, keynote things and product launches every year, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Uh, one of the questions from this game. Um, Games in a shoot up biz into was like, does E3 need the big platform holders, Nintendo, Sony, and Xbox to have any chance of success? Um, and the CEO of the ESA said that E3 will iterate to ensure it's meeting the needs of companies that want to market on this global platform. That means it will iterate in how people engage with E3. We want to meet the needs of players who view this as an important platform, and that's going to evolve over time. So that's, that says to me that they're just going to lean into making it a consumer show rather yeah. than an industry it's, show. It's either that or you go back to like sort of Kensha Hall mm-hmm. days and you just get all the independent, weird, nutty stuff and promote that instead. You know, you mm-hmm. get them to pay less, but you have you get everyone's pay less, but there'd be more exhibitors. But also, like. They kind of need them to pay those sorts of prices because renting out the uh, exactly. the, the LA Convention Center, I imagine, is not. And this is the problem. Uh, cheap. This, this is the problem: is that 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 they they got big, and now they can't afford to be big, but they don't want to downsize and and start again. So it's because that would be an omission of you know of a failure. So they're just mm-hmm. in this weird weird position. I just think they need to. Like I say, for me, if that was me, I would be downsizing, going to a different location, you know, chopping, you know, get, getting the money down and, you know, the, the rents down and whatever it is that you've got to pay. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, just, just looking at it, coming at it from a completely different angle rather than just trying to plough on the same thing again. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they can afford to do that. Um. One of the questions here, so those outside the industry, E3 being cancelled might suggest an industry tightening its belt. Do you mm. feel it uh, tells us something about the state of the market? And the response is, um, I'm giving very general comments about what I'm seeing and much of what I'm talking about really is what we're seeing in the news and companies are reporting this in very public ways. Each company is in a very different position. It's hard to isolate those grand statements with every company. 
It's important to recognize that different companies are in different stages of game development, of game releases, of how they are putting out new products and services in addition to the games. I don't know if it's an overall sign of industry, but it's certainly an indicator that we're in different position than we've been for a very long time. In 2012, US revenues for the video game industry was around 14.8 billion. 10 years later, I think the number was something like $56.6 billion, somewhere between $55 billion and $60 billion. It shows a consistent growth the industry has had, double-digit growth, almost four-digit growth over a decade. Overall, the the industry continues to be strong, but we're coming into a different time. Companies are adjusting and trying to find their way to make sure they're making the right decisions to continue the sustainability. So then they're asked, is the plan for E3's return in 2024? And they said, we're committed to providing an industry platform for marketing and convening, but we want to make sure we find the right balance that meets the needs of the industry. We're certainly going to be listening and ensuring whatever we want to offer uh, meets those needs. Uh, and at that time, we will have more news to share. So like, it doesn't sound like they're really, well, he's been very cagey, but I I, I mean, I, I don't think there's probably going to be anything in, in time for 2024 either. Mm-hmm sounds like they need to completely retool what e3 is um from the ground up yeah like they tried to um turn it into more of like a consumer thing and it was like still an industry show but with like general public being let into the into the onto the show floor during the week and those people didn't have a particularly great time and the games industry people didn't like um didn't seem to like it either because just made the whole place a lot more a lot a lot busy and a lot more chaotic and a lot more crowded and mm. uh, harder to get to meetings and whatnot mm. so yeah i think they just need to completely rethink the whole thing but jeff yeah, keely has completely eaten their lunch well between that and gamescom as well like obviously out in europe like they have they are doing all of this already yep. they have the meeting mm-hmm. areas they have the uh, they have the big big you know aircraft hangars full of booths and stuff and that seems to be doing quite well and more importantly like people are willing to fly to there to you know to do their business there rather than going mm-hmm. to la so you know may, maybe it's just a, a situation that you know that they're the old dog and now there's a new dog doing new tricks and people are prepared to go yeah, a bit further afield to have their meetings and you know mm. do that kind of you know behind the scenes stuff you know diversify do it at a couple of different events do it at gdc do it at gamescom do it at you know wherever you know i just think yeah. it's an old dog man yep <coughs> there you go. well we'll see what happens with it times uh I just, it's just like, I don't have any particular affection for E3. I never went, never had any intention of ever going. Mm. I didn't really pay that much attention to most of the stuff that happened at E3, to be honest. The the only thing that I really look forward to was something that's never going to happen again anyway, Mm. which was the uh, giant bomb. Yeah, you had the one up yours shows, the giant bomb shows after that, like where it was. Yeah, the the evening shows, the giant bomb, didn't podcast. But, you know. E three and Giant Bomb, two two things that died during COVID. Um, uh, let's. Uh, we won't. We won't put the final nail in the coffin of E three yet. <laughs> we'll let Jeff Keeley do that. But in the meantime, should we talk a little bit about what we've been playing? Yeah. Um, Nick, 
have you been playing uh you haven't been playing anything at all apart from i am currently a, a little tiny hades. bit of hades yeah. <laughs> how are you playing it sorry how are you playing it uh what do you mean are you on a switch you're on a stain oh deck you or... fucking prick that's what that box was <laughs> next bought himself a steam deck yeah which version did you get uh, I got the 64, and I have also bought myself a one terabyte SSD to fit in. That's the it. middle one, right? No, that's the cheap one. The che- oh, cheap? Oh, you bought one. the cheap one. Okay. Right, so okay. you can literally. Um, the only difference between the cheap one, and the middle one, is the SSD. The drive, which, yeah. Um, a one terabyte SSD is mm-hmm. ninety nine pounds, whereas the difference between sixty four gig and two five six gig is two hundred pounds. So it's cheaper uh, to buy the, the lower one and stick your own drive in it than it is to buy the exactly, m- yeah. middle one. Right? Uh, and, and you get four times the storage for the yeah. same, for half the price, basically. There's also something about the screen on the most expensive. The screen on the top tier model is better. Yeah. It's anti-glare and stuff, but as well, you can buy the anti-glare screen on iFixit and fit it yourself if you so wish, which again mm, works out so cheaper. Wish. Yeah. I won't be doing that because from what I've read, no. the screen isn't that much better. Um, no. So, yeah. Nice. So, first impressions of the Steam Deck? Very light. Um, Very big? Eh, it's a little bit more than a Switch. But mm. not much more than a Switch. I would say not it's... Not quite a lap tray, but not quite, yeah. I've not got my Switch to hand, but I'd say it's maybe just... It's the same height. And with the with the Joy-Cons attached, I'd say it's maybe another half Joy-Con on each side. Mm. Oh, okay, yeah. But it's got touchscreens. Uh, not touch... It's got touchscreen, yeah, but it's touch also got the touchpads, yeah. which yeah. you can literally use as a... Like, you can literally have... You can see a mouse there. Yeah, actually. like the old um, Steam controller. Yeah. yeah. Um so it'll literally make playing um like RTSs and stuff really nice and transport fever. Um <laughs> and yeah, it's good. Um really nice experience getting it out of the box, booting it up, signing in, just all flawless. Um mm. it's got a weird smell. That'd be the fans okay. burning. In. Smells like new plastic. New plastic, yeah, but a very I don't know, it's different to any other new plastic. They have a particular plastic, I'm not sure. I don't know if it's a different type, but yeah. Um Yeah, so far so good. Um I've only played like three or four games on. Uh not had any issues whatsoever with anything. Performance has been great. Um I'm still downloading games and it's on eighty five percent battery after playing a load of Hades and downloading games. So yeah. yeah. Nice. I guess I'll have more thoughts later because I'm going on holiday with it soon. So, um, ah, oh, nice. Yeah, Perfect. yeah. You have to let me know what you think. I will do. I was just having a look down the list of games on my library that are deck verified. So not even the stuff that they say like it'll run, but you know you might need to have a little bit of filler around. This is the stuff that like 100% runs, and it's like a big chunk of my library. Even the stuff with like yellow on. Uh, if you look into the yellow, most of the time it's like this doesn't quite integrate with the Steam controllers. Like, it'll show Xbox 3 controller prompts instead of Steam Deck controller yeah, prompts I don't and care stuff. About that. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, I've got downloaded. So, that'll be interesting to see how that plays. How do you work that? Because that's through the Rockstar launcher. It just works. It's, ver- it's mm-hmm. verified. So, you just 
tell Steam that it's in your library. Yeah, I no, imagine you just download you it from Steam. Must, like, I just downloaded it from Steam like this. it through Rockstar and then out through Steam or something. Yeah. I'll let you know how exactly it works, but I'm guessing it just downloads the Rockstar launcher like it mm. does on the Windows version. Um, oh. Elden Ring, Disco Elysium, Persona 4, Hades, Cloudpunk, Oli Oli World is the first game. I expect game all of these to be it. completed by the time you get back from your holiday, mate. Ha, not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I've completed some of them already. Um, but I also um, hear it's very good at emulating games as well. Mm. Retro Archon. Um, so, yeah, be interested nice. to see what I can emulate on that. Legally, mm. of course. You can get all the way up to like Dreamcast, if I remember rightly. You can emulate a Switch. Nice. Nice. So I can play the worst game of all time on my Steam Deck. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Second worst game of all time in a few months. <laughs> <sighs> all right. Um, <coughs> Chazzy, what have you been playing then? What have Hello. you been? Uh, what have you well, been convalescing? Um, yeah, no, but uh, I, I had a real need to play Death Stranding and I thought I, I can't deal with Kojima bullshit while I'm chucking like literally like fucking up your guts so um, I just I thought I can't, I can't deal with like all that weirdness so I was looking for something that was very similar where I can just wander about and um, you know carrying boxes yeah that's it carry stuff and just sort of noodle around really Um, and I ended up like Valheim came out on um, Game Pass. Oh yeah. So and I've I've been wanting to play it for ages. And there was a whole big hubbub about it when it came out on PC, and I never really got involved. And I thought, well, it's free, let's get involved. So yeah, I've been playing a lot of that, and that is a very. It, it doesn't explain a lot. <laughs> you know, like when you first played Minecraft, like back in the Java mm-hmm. days, and it was just like, right, how the hell do I make this recipe or whatever? And it just yeah. doesn't tell you. You just got to like bang sticks together and hope for the best. Uh, it's mm-hmm. very much like that. Um, a lot nicer looking. Than, basically, it's, it's, it's a survival game. Um, takes the kind of Minecraft idea, but sets it in a more sort of Norse uh, Norse world with Norse mythology and, um, yeah, like, <laughs> I'll explain, like, my, my experience of it was, like, get, get, like, be born or dropped into the world and then spend the first day trying to punch trees to get wood, standard. And then, you know, might, you then get prompted, oh, like this raven turns up and starts talking to you and gives you a little bit of a tutorial and says, right, you know, do this, go here, go stand over there, pick up some rocks, tie this rock to that thing. Oh, you've made an axe, wonderful, chop down some more trees. And you think, thinking, oh, right, okay. Boring, boring, boring. And then all of a sudden... Um, you've opened up enough things that you can now start creating your own buildings. And rather than it being like Minecraft, we put down a block and you know you create a building. You actually have like set pieces for houses, so you can create like Norse long houses and thatched roofs and chimneys to put, so you can have a fire inside your you know your round hut and that kind of stuff. And it actually all looks quite nice and uh, you know it's sort of halfway between. Um, Dragon Quest Builders and Minecraft. It's got that kind of slightly pixelated look to it, but it's more defined. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and each of the worlds, like you, you, when you get dropped in, you make your own procedural thing. 
procedural world so everything's different um and yeah you just go off and wander and kind of you know things attack you and don't attack you and yeah i got to the point where i kind of like decided to just go off on a wander and then just out of nowhere this giant 10 foot like kind of mega troll just squished me straight away one shot and now i've got to roam back across the world to try and get my gear but if i don't get my gear in time it disappears or because of the way this is set up you you can actually set your world up as a server and then let other people get involved so like I, what i found is with this game is that it's, it's fine to play on your own but the idea is you create a world you invite all your friends to it and then you create a lovely little town and you, you go off raiding and doing your own bits together and it's like a big giant chat room basically with um, yeah. with danger but yeah thoroughly enjoying it and um it was nice to kind of get my teeth into it like a survival game just wandering around and noodling about but it did get quite difficult because obviously I hadn't found certain things and like you say, this troll's turned up and just squished me in one hit and it all got a bit Dark Soulsy where it's just like I'd wander out of a wood and, you know, something would attack me and kill me and I was dead and I was running back to get my stuff and then dying on the way back to running back to get to my stuff and, you know, having yeah. to start all over again. But yeah, it looks like a really brilliant game if you've got a bunch of people that you can get together and start making a world. But I think as a single player experience, it's a little bit, um, a little bit limited. Is that's what I would say. why I didn't bother downloading it. Yeah, that's the only reason why I didn't bother downloading it. Is like, um, don't have people to play this with, and I can't really it, be asked. Right. I can't be asked like bothering people to try and pass them like, oh, play this video game with me. Come on, come on make um, a house with me. Yeah, come on, come on. Let's go raid. Let's go find some trolls. That's uh, it. It's that's that's the reason why I got like, like, is there much like well. Let's say the main reason why I've like I like watching people play Rust. I have no intention of ever playing mm. Rust myself. That's it. It's exactly that thing. It's just another one. It looks of those. really fun if yeah. you've got friends. That's it. If you've with. got a b- bunch of people who all want to do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but for for what I played, it was yeah, it was it was good fun. It was good to like just you know explore a world, you know, which is what I wanted to do. So you know, but it's no uh, it's no Dragon Quest builders. Let's put it that way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, but yeah. Other than that, um, the only other thing I've really been playing is um, loads of Donkey Kong Country because my son has become obsessed with it. Hell yeah, yeah. Well, so, the original one. Uh, it's the one that's on the uh, SNES Mini. Um, the yeah. original one, yeah. Donkey, the original Donkey Kong. Yes, yeah, so I've been yeah. playing it on that. Yeah, but we've been playing it two player. So so he runs through the level, instantly gets hit, and then I have to. Basically, drag us kicking and screaming to the end. So that's been um, mm. that's been quite fun. But actually, do you know what? Um, a lot more responsive and fun to play than I was expecting, and loads more like. Um, oh no, it was always like tight as fuck. It's just yeah, it's just hard. Yeah, that's it. But like, there's all these like thing is he's been doing the old like YouTube thing of going on and watching playthroughs and walkthroughs and then finding all of the secrets and then mm. he just shouts at me to you know, drive the rhino through this wall or whatever and. Yeah, a million bananas, which is not a yeah. sentence I thought I was going to say today. But um, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's just so much fun. I mean, you sort of forget that like games from way back when, you know, actually can still be quite tight and really well paced. So yeah, no, I've been thoroughly enjoying that as it goes. Like I've been playing it every lunchtime while he's been off on the on the Easter holidays. Nice. So yeah, no, it's been good fun. 
when you finish that, you should play um, Donkey Kong uh, Tropical Freeze. Mm. That, that's on the Wii uh, U, right? It's on the Switch as well. Oh, cool. No, it's all right because we've um, busted out the Wii U. And just yeah, like, I think it's on the Wii U as well. Yeah, so we've just like everything's been either being played on the Wii U or that little SNES Mini at the moment. So uh, yeah. yes, it came out on the Wii U originally. Yeah, yeah, and was so, the Switch. I played it on the Switch. It's it's basically just a modern Donkey Kong Country. Ah, oh, cool. I yeah. have to get that side-scrolling platformer, cheap version of it. It's good. I think yes, I think it's got co-op as well. Mm. Yeah, but um, um, I've also been decent. playing stuff for another show our shows that I can't mm-hmm. talk about yet but um yeah been um been been doing lots of crawling through tunnels and then jumping in you know to on standing on gargoyles that's all I'll say spoiler wow spoiler alert yeah that Definitely was no not subtle whatsoever yeah sorry dying sorry that was me trying to laugh um, and got into a coughing fit. Shall I? I'll, try, I'll just chat about what I've been playing then, real yes, quick. Mate. We've been playing. Uh, it's not too much. Don't worry. We'll we'll be we'll wrap this up quickly. Um, so I have been playing Death Stranding. Because um, Adam uh, had some spare uh, Steam keys. Yeah. Uh, and one of them was for Death Stranding, and I was like, I have that on PlayStation, but my PlayStation is in a box. Um, so I will happily take that, that key. Plus, it's for the Director's Cut version of the mm. game. So I downloaded it and started playing it again. Um, it's the same game, you know, but with some quality of life changes and some new content and stuff like that. But I think I've softened on it a little bit more um, because... Uh, my defenses have been worn down by Kojima's bullshit so much now. <laughs> and also, like, I'm playing through the section of the game that I already played through, so I'm just skipping the cutscenes. <laughs> so <laughs> I can just get to the bit where I'm moving boxes. That's and it, yeah. that stuff is fucking good. It's real good. I really mm. like it. It's just nice and methodical. Um, uh, the only thing that stops it from being the perfect, like, podcast game is that Hideo Kojima has a really really wants you to know his taste in music and so mm-hmm. there's so many points during the game where like the camera will zoom out or like pan out and you'll get like a nice wide view of the countryside that you're walking about and then another low raw song will start playing it's like oh this is very nice but i was listening to off many podcasts please james acaster going off about a dessert yeah please was- i'll have to turn the game down was the um, I, I'm not 100 percent sure on this. Was the "Bring Me the Horizon" song Luden's written for that game, or is it just, uh, possibly, or is it just a random coincidence? Because I know I don't know. Churches wrote um, "Death Stranding" for it, didn't they? Yeah. And "Bring Me the Horizon" have a song called Luden's, which I believe is the um, whatever Kojima Studio now is called mascot name. Yeah. Uh, Homo Ludens, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's coincidence or not. I mean, um, it wouldn't surprise me, mate. Let's put it that way. Yes, I believe it was. Yeah, uh, it was released as the fifth single of the soundtrack, "Death Stranding: Timefall." Ah, cool. There you go. Yeah. So, what else is on there? 
yeah, churches, the neighborhood, the SLP, bring me horizon, a bunch of other people. Yeah, I know um, churches um recently toured Japan and Hideo Kojima like was a VIP and then he invited them to the studio and of course um captured them in his um Yep. So they will be in the next Taylor. game. Literally they'll, they'll literally be, their no, likenesses it, will be in the next game for it's, sure. It's almost like a um condition of visiting Kojima Productions. You have to stand in the three sixty capture yes. rig and be captured for Kojima's fantasies i just think he's stealing people's souls and he's just capturing them putting them in bottles <laughs> funnily Could enough be, that yeah. would be a great yeah. kojima game exactly um yeah every, everyone who meets him he just but he just says oh no now you, i've met you you are now my friend mm-hmm. and you're being my video game so like also people just love to kiss his ass don't they yeah, yeah. i um, had a door for him once at um, gamescom now, now he owns me. Wow. There's an amazing um, interview from years ago with a woman called Agnes Kaku, who um, worked on some localization, I think, or some stuff for like Metal Gear Solid Two. She's worked with Hideo Kojima. She gave this big interview. Um, it pops up uh, a chunk of it pops up in that video that I keep telling people to watch called Metal Gear Solid Five was a mistake <laughs> or something like that. I can't remember. Um, by um, Stake Bentley, uh, and she says that like how like she's talking about how bad Kojima's writing is. Now he he wouldn't last a morning on like a Saturday morning cartoon Martin, writer's yeah. room. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't he wouldn't last a day because his writing is so bad. And it is the dialogue and everything is so bad, but it's just I can't tear away. It's just so fascinating because it's I so fucking weird. It's and it's like, weird. why, Kojima why is, like is one there of those like... ideas guys who just has insane, crazy ideas? Yeah. Yes. And He's no editor. Miles away from Suda 51, is he? Like the guy. Yeah. Well, like, oh, so much, so much worse than Suda 51 because, because like Kojima has, Kojima in the games industry has reached the George Lucas levels of no one can tell me no. Yeah. Uh, mm. Thing anymore. Like, the only people who told who could tell him no, it turns out, was Konami in the end, and then everyone else has bent over backwards to get him. Sony were desperate, Microsoft are desperate. Um, Thing yeah, is, it's, you it's, look it's at ridiculous. Point, like the he's made that money though. You know, it might all be weird and strange, yeah. but like each one of those is an absolute banger that's made money. You it can has. See why people are falling. It has. Like they've cost a lot to make though. Yeah, but they've made. They've all made money. Yeah, but um, at what cost? Um, like Kevin Keegan's Newcastle, mate. Just keep banging the goals in. Keep banging the goals yeah, in. We'll, exactly. You know, we'll get there. Doesn't matter if it's, you know, it's costing us an absolute. I would love it. I would <laughs> love it. Um, yeah, it's it, there's some like there's some weird faces in there. Like of course you've got like the fucking stupid like Jeff Keeley's in there and Conan O'Brien because he met Conan O'Brien once, so of course he's in the game. But then like the main cast is like. Um, Leia Sedu and um, the likeness of, but not the voice of Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, and then like the likeness of, but not the voice of Nicholas Winding Refn, the the the, the, the Danish film director. Is he Danish? Yeah, or uh, Norwegian? I think he's Danish. He's Scandinavian in some way. Um, directed like Drive and Only God Forgives and um, films like that. 
which is just weird. And it's like, oh, Kojima just likes his films, so yeah. put him in the game. Um, and Mads Mikkelsen, who I think was just quite happy to just hang out and drink and smoke and <laughs> and record stupid <laughs> lines. Um, but anyway, but like uh, leaving all of that that bullshit aside, like the moment to moment gameplay mm. is, and which is the stuff that matters, is really good. Yeah, making walking if, interesting. If and you fun. like that sort of yes, or hiking interesting and fun, I should say. If you're in that like weird group of players who, uh, like me, really enjoy games where you move stuff from one place to another, <laughs> like you know, like a truck simulator or whatever, um, then yeah, it's real good. It's real good. Um, what else are we been playing? Let me have a look at Steam. Oh yeah, I talked a little bit on the last episode, uh, but not too much more. Um, playing some um, uh, Sleeping Dogs. Oh right, okay. Definitive cool. edition. Um, you've played this, haven't you, Jazzy? Sleeping yeah, Dogs. Yeah, I've played it. Yeah, played a fair bit of it. Yeah. Um, I picked up the definitive edition on Steam for um, a couple of pounds, mm. uh, and um, it's really fucking good. I'm really, really digging it. It's yeah. just, it's nice to play um, an open world game with like a genuinely good story. Yeah. Um, and the open world is interesting and different the because it's not just another problem, American yeah. city. It's, you know, it's it's Hong Kong, which is very, very distinct, even distinct from other cities in China. Um, Doesn't it map very, out very... a whole part of Hong Kong for the actual map? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I remember right Yeah. There. Um, obviously scaled down quite a lot, but like, um, but then also like minimizing the use of guns to concentrating more on a really, really good melee combat system mm. is great. And like, uh, mm. there's nice. some little things that the game, it's like, it's not perfect. It's got some like faults because like it had a, went through a bit of a development hell, but it does like interesting things. So like interesting little gameplay, little tiny gameplay things that sort of add up to like on top of everything else, mm. like make it kind of even better so like the radio in the car so tapping left and right on your d-pad changes the radio station Mm. fine that's not unusual at all holding left or right on the d-pad turns the volume up or down on the radio (laughs) why has no one else done that exactly you don't have to go into a menu. Yeah. You don't have to pause the game and go into a menu to adjust the volume of the car. You can do it on the fly with the D-pad. Great. Um, the hacking. Like, instead of playing like a stupid little mini game, it's like you get a number pad. Four digit number, uh, four digits uh, code and number pad. And you input four digits and then it says, it'll tell you whether the digit you put in is the correct like number in the correct mind. position yeah. or the correct number in the wrong position or the wrong number. So that's a bit and like you... the Fallout hacking in Fallout 3 onwards. You're guessing... Yes, yes. Because I, I was going to say, like, my favourite hacking in games probably is, is the Fallout implementation. Mm-hmm. Guessing, the, guessing the password sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's like that, but a lot less cluttered. Yeah. Um, because it's know. a, you know, it's just a little keypad screen rather than a whole computer. Yeah. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just a nice, just lots of little things like that. I just, yeah, uh, really good. I really like it. Um, fun uh, side missions as well. Uh, yeah. I like the fact that, like, 
you're an undercover cop working within the, the you know, um, the crime family, yeah, the other triads in 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 Hong Kong, but like you're uh, in the, you have like reputation with both the crime criminal factions and with the police and say like in the course of your actions if you're doing something for the crime family but you have happens to be like civilian civilian casualties or a lot of property damage in the in the the uh the process of what you're doing you're going to lose reputation with the police um so there's always the lines are always very blurry between you're trying to like be a criminal but (laughs) as least the criminal, cleanest criminal as possible, in the world. cleanest criminal that you can possibly be yeah uh in order to like stay on the good side of this crime family so they don't figure out that you're a cop but also like not piss off the police because you're <laughs> like causing millions of dollars worth of property damage uh during the car chases and whatnot like you just yeah. yeah a lot of fun fun things in there that like i haven't seen in any other uh, open world sort of game yeah. um that is a game that absolutely deserved a sequel, but it would never get it because fucking Square Enix. Yeah. Um, although I don't know who owns the IP now. It might be one of those ones that kind of got hoovered up by... THQ'd. Um, Embrace um, the yeah, Embrace the group, have got embraced, it. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully it got embraced along with Deus Ex and uh, a few other things that Square Enix <laughs> made a whole lot of money off and then said that they didn't make any money because... They love the uh, Hollywood accounting nonsense of like, if we tell people we never made any money, then we don't have to pay royalties. Um, What else have we been playing? Um, Oh, yeah. I guess the only other thing I've been playing is I've been playing a lot of uh, Hitman. Um, Friend of the show, Andy Palmer messaged me about this mode that he'd been playing that's that's been in the game for a few months and i i just i was just out so out of the loop with hitman and i hadn't um heard about it um called hitman freelancer um free addition to the hitman 3 or hitman world of assassination as it's now known the full bundle and in freelancer mode basically you it's like a run based um roguelike kind of so you'll have like um you have a you have a, like you're in a, you're in a safe room and you'll have like a bunch of campaigns to pick from you'll pick one of the campaigns and they'll be like there's going to be like a mission in paris and a mission in berlin and then a big final mission in bangkok or you know whatever order or whatever places it is and you're dropped into a level you dropped into the level with to start with, absolutely no equipment um, and a target to take out. And the target will not be one of the actual targets from that particular level. It'll be a random NPC. Right. Um, and you have to find that target, take them out, and get out. Any equipment you want to use, you have to find in the level. And then if you make it out with that equipment, then you've got that equipment and you can store it. Uh, and then you can take it on subsequent levels with you. Any equipment you have on you, if you fuck up and you die, it's gone. And you have to obtain it again. Nice. Um, and you work through this, and then you'll get to like the final level of the mission, and you'll be dropped into an area, and there'll be like 
you have to you have to kill a target, but there will be like three or four. I think it's usually four possible people that it could be, uh, and a list of like uh, identifiers. So you're like this person wears a hat. This person is a smoker. This person has earrings, tattoo, so on and so forth. Mm. And you have to scope out the uh, the targets and find out which is the right one and mark them as your prime target and then get rid of them. But there will also be completely unmarked and unknown to you um, watchers who are like enforcer enemies that can like see through um, disguises. Uh, and the targets will also be followed around by assassins who are like super hard versions of um you know the regular guards but they won't be dressed like a guard they'll just be dressed like a normal civilian they just happen to be following the person around and so it's a lot harder it's like this is this is like the hitman end game content this is for the people who know the levels who've played the game to death and know the levels inside out and want a fresh challenge and oh boy is it a challenge this sounds (laughs) like so cool it sounds like what hitman has been building to for sort of the last yeah. Yeah. Nearly ten years now, I suppose, of of yeah. this world of Hitman. You know, it's literally uh, random generated targets and detective or you know what I mean? It's you're yeah, actually just being an infinite. Hitman. You're not just Yeah. Uh, while while I really love Hitman and the way you can replay the levels and get to know them intricately and you know, you know everything and do different challenges in it, at some point mm. that has to end. Whereas this feels like it has, you know, the potential in theory to go on for quite it's, a long time oh it's infinitely replayable and like so every level will have a merchant an npc that you can go and find and you can buy uh items from and they'll have like a, a random selection of items that you can use to complete your mission um and if you go in and kill your target and get out you'll get some money but it's not much mm. but there will be like additional challenges that you can do so it'll be like kill your target with an explosion that also kills someone else as well. Yeah. Or kill your target in a way that makes it look like an accident. Or um, kill the target with an unsilenced gun that makes it way harder, but if you manage to pull it off, you get a lot more money. Yeah. Um, and so there's like, but if you fuck it up, then all the equipment that you got with you, gone. Uh, and the money that you've accumulated up until that point gets halved. Uh, if uh, all the unspent money that you've got gets halved, mm-hmm. and so there's like a real risk reward thing going on as well. Um, it's tough. It's real tough. Mm. Uh, I have. So basically, you you have like to complete a run. You need to complete four campaigns. First campaign is like two missions and a and the, and then like a, the showdown mission. The next one is like three and then a showdown, then four and then a showdown. And the last one, you have to do five primer missions and then a showdown mission. Um, and then if you can pull that all off, then you've completed that run. Uh, I've managed to make it two campaigns in at best and then got too greedy and fucked up <laughs> and died. And uh, and then uh, if, you, if you're doing one of the primer missions, as long as the enemies, and as long as it's not like heightened security, if you're doing one of the primer missions and you die... It's like you lose some stuff. Um, that primary mission is failed. You move on to the next one. If you fail the, one of the showdown missions, that's it. The campaign run is over and you start again from the beginning. And any equipment you had on you is gone and half of your money is taken away from you. So it's like the penalty for fucking up is high. Mm. 
but it I don't know it just makes it that more much more like thrilling mm. um Gives yeah it's really fucking cool but there's like um there's a bunch of stuff that they've added in that I can that I just had missed because like I played I played the fuck out of Hitman and then like said right okay I'm gonna step away and play some other stuff for a while and then hadn't gone back for a while and they added a bunch of other stuff as well like the post release support for that game has been mad um and one of them was like a whole like mini campaign with new targets on a bunch of levels uh, about like a cult group that was going to release a bio weapon um and you go through a bunch of missions like killing targets and whatnot and then you get to the final one and it's in colorado um like whether you know that that um militia group uh, uh that level um but it plays out like one of the hitman sniper assassin levels um so instead of you walking around that level you're on a sniper tower a way off and you're looking at targets and um your handler i can't remember her name at the moment it's like basically there's a target it's the main target you need to take out but then there's also some people dotted around who are infected with this weapon and need to be taken out but she's like saying okay the target is going to be in this area of the map and then you like start looking at that area of the map and then she'll give you another clue as to their identity and then another clue and it's like oh this character is um uh has got this particular symptom because of the infection so they're like they're cold and so they're they're trying to you know warm themselves up a lot so you're looking for a character that is like trying to warm themselves up or whatever there might be two characters that are doing that so then you're like she'll give you another clue and you're like narrowing it down and then narrowing it down then because like it's one of the sniper assassin ones that you're doing from a distance the, the way to hide the bodies you have to wait until they're standing in front of like a bush or something like that and then shoot them so that they that they fall into the bush to hide the body <laughs> nice um, I like it. stuff like that um yeah there's, there's just been a bunch of stuff that's been added to it plus there's also the fact that uh the, the game launched uh, dropped on um game pass a while ago and i'm not entirely sure when um so i downloaded it onto the xbox series s and it runs uh really well at like 1080p 60 um like a locked 60 runs really really smoothly um and i've been just been playing through the game just the regular campaign uh like unlocking all the mastery and all the levels again even though i've already done it on pc doing it again on xbox just because it's really fun yeah it's good fun and yeah. fuck man he's one of the best uh, games like, ever made. it is I, i'm gonna push real hard i think that I, I think that game deserves to be in the lgr hall of fame like oh, the the complete package the the world of assassination yeah. game like the whole thing um is just it's it's such a ridiculously good package and the this post yeah the, the post game the post release support has been unbelievably good um i cannot i i can't get enough of this at the moment but at the same time i can't wait to see what they do with the james bond franchise like um the idea of like because some of those levels feel like mm. it's like when like the um like the assassination in the hotel in Bangkok feels like feels very James Bond esque. Um, Sapienza does a bit, even though like the 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 the, the fashion show in Paris, um, a lot of them feel like they can do something really interesting with their franchise. And I, uh, it's been a long time since that stuff was announced. We haven't seen anything of it. Um, I can't wait to see what that looks like. They had to um, literally like stuff up though, didn't they? They they did triple yeah. Yeah, their. It's, uh, it's going to be a while. Yeah. It's going to be a while. 
But in the meantime, like there is so much content in um, Hitman yeah. World of Assassination that like that's going to keep me going for ages. Oh my god, yeah. Like, I bet that runs really good on the Steam Deck as well. Oh, oh don't. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I so want the Steam Deck. I just just need to find the money. Yeah, I've been One real day. tempted. If I get a pay rise this year, maybe. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's about uh, all I've been playing, to be honest. Nice. Um, oh, apart from you know, dipping in and out of uh, playing and still doing like running a couple of raids a week on Destiny, um, and uh, dipping in every now and then to uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two, which we'll probably be doing a little bit more now because you've picked it up as well, haven't you, Chazzy? Yeah, just picked it up today. Hell yeah! Um, it's on. It so, was on um, sale. So, and then a couple of people at work where they play it as a, you know, they've got a t- they're a, they play it as a twosome and they want a, a third yeah. to play DMZ. So what, I thought, right, well I'll pick um, it up for that, and I know you guys wanted you, you guys want to play it as well. So yeah, I'm gonna get what platform it. did you pick it up on? Uh, PC. On PC, good man, good man. So I'm assuming um, I've been told it's crossplay, so I can play it. Yeah, it's completely yeah, crossplay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Because yeah, yeah, the problem is now is I've just. I've not played a shooter in so long on the, like you know the the consoles. I just I don't think I could play on sticks anymore. I'm just no, so used to play with keyboard and mouse. Yeah, yeah, just play. With, that's how I play it, keyboard mm. and mouse. But yeah, hopefully we'll um, get a few nights in on that. That'd be amazing. Hell yeah, man! That'd be really good. No, I'm looking forward to it. Like you say, I yeah. know you've been saying the campaign's amazing as well. So I want to see what that's yeah. like. Yeah, definitely. So, the campaign is is yeah, it's well worth playing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that's all I've been playing. Um, should we wrap this up then? Yeah. Keep this a relatively yeah. short episode. Short. Nick, and then Nick can go and play with his toy. Um, <laughs> I don't think we've been stopping him. No, we haven't. No, no. But uh, we can remove this mild inconvenience so we can concentrate on playing Hades. Wow. You guys are not mild inconvenience. <laughs> We're a major inconvenience. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> Oh. Um, forgot how good. Yeah, uh, next episode in a couple of weeks will be a deep dive into. Um, like I said, like we were joking about being spoilers earlier, but we've already announced it. Um, the next <laughs> episode will be a deep dive into Batman: Arkham Asylum. Yeah. So, um, if you have any thoughts on that game, then drop us a tweet over at LapsGamer, or you can drop us an email at LapsGamerRadio at gmail dot com. Uh, really looking forward to uh, finishing that game and then um, having yeah. a. Yeah, chatting with uh, with Chazzy and uh, Andy will be joining us for that one as well to to dig through that game because oh boy, it's it's real good. It holds up really well. Yeah, it holds up really well. It's real good. Um, so yeah, join us for that in a couple of weeks. Um, Chazzy, Nick, thanks very much for joining me. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, thanks, dear listener, and uh, for listening. And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.